Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. What happened to my country? Where did it go? How is it that we've had the greatest public health disaster in U.S. history and the people haven't revolted? 500 doctors signed a letter to the president to end the coronavirus shutdown, saying it's causing more deaths than the virus itself. Hundreds of doctors wrote a letter to President Trump urging him to end the coronavirus shutdown, calling it a mass casualty incident. What is it doing? It's causing deaths from other factors, such as drug use, suicides. Millions are missing uh, doctor appointments, dental exams that could discover problems linked to heart disease. People are experiencing domestic violence like child abuse. Do you understand what is going on? And yet these dumb, stupid, drugged-up governors refuse to open their states. It's the greatest public health disaster in U.S. history. Now, many of you are sheeple, and you think that the government is helping you, all your good governors. You're the types that walk around with masks in your own toilet. When you go to the bathroom, you wear a mask. When you cook in your own house, you wear a mask. You're the idiot who drives around on a highway with a mask on, uh, not even understanding what the mask is for. So what actually happened in the states that reopened? Well, there have been no coronavirus catastrophes following reopenings of Georgia, Florida, and Texas. None. None. And yet Governor Newsom sticks to his guns and refuses to admit he made a mistake, crippling the largest economy in uh, the nation crippling the state of California, which will never recover from this. And Mr. Newsom wants the government of Donald Trump, the man that he hates, to bail the state out. If Donald Trump bails out California, he'll be making the biggest mistake of his political life, and Biden will be president. And by the way, speaking of Biden, can you imagine that this nation has come to this point where a clearly senile man is being offered by the opposition party there is no question in my mind, in the minds of anyone who's objective, that Biden is senile. I want you to listen to what Biden said in the following few clips. Let's hear. And there's a lot we can do that related to what has already been passed with small businesses that the president just uh, just hasn't hasn't done. Look, um, you know, uh, um, uh, a combination of uh, failing to move quickly. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't I think have that decades and decades of studies from actual weed smokers. I want smokers. something for my Yeah, food. I do. I know a lot of weed smokers. <laughs> I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. 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 I'm going to beat well, okay. Joe Listen, Biden. It, he is saying something that's true. He says he's going to beat Joe Biden, and only Biden can beat Biden, and it looks like he's doing a damn good job of it. But this thing about if you don't vote for him, you're not black, is there anyone who is African-American who might find this slightly offensive? What if... I don't understand that if a Republican said that, there'd be calls for federal investigations. Okay, well, this is the world we're living in, in these sad, depressing times that we are living in, where people are sheeple. 
I was on my bicycle this morning, and I saw a new, a new topper with the mask job. A new topper. Most people have thrown the masks away except in Marin County, which is the most conformist place on planet Earth. This is the most frightened conformist place on planet Earth and the most liberal. And whatever the government tells them to do, they will do. So there's a woman walking around with a mask on, talking on her cell phone, and yakking like she wasn't wearing a mask. She was talking with a mask on in the phone. But if you think that's bad, it's even worse. They drive around with masks on in their own car, not understanding that the mask is to prevent you from spreading the virus, not from getting the virus. And this is sad. This is very sad. Well, the other day we talked about our parallel universe is real. Remember that show on Wednesday when I was here last? NASA scientists detect evidence of parallel universe where time runs backwards. Well, it turns out the whole thing is hokum. And it was just a tabloid story that was picked up by a British tabloid, then picked up by the New York Post, an American uh, tabloid. And they misquoted the, the principal investigator, Peter Gorham, who we uh, com communicated with, by the way. He said, no, 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 no. He said, they took it out of context. It's all wrong. But uh, we have a great guest on at the bottom of this hour to discuss this issue, Dr. Michio Kaku, Kaku who is a theoretical physicist at City, City College in New York, best-selling author, and he's going to talk about parallel universes with us. But we don't need a parallel universe. We have uh, Joe Biden to convince us that we're living in a parallel universe. We have Alan Dershowitz, who's living in his own parallel universe, a man who was posed as a constitutional lawyer uh, all of his life, who has now come out and said the state has the right if you refuse to strap you down and inject you with a vaccine against your will. Now, I knew this guy was, I never liked Dershowitz. I never trusted him. I've watched him from the beginning. He was loved by Sean Hannity. Fox News couldn't get enough of him. They bought his con. I never bought his con, and I never, ever trusted him from the beginning. Not that I know him personally, nor am I trying to cast aspersions on him, but I will tell you this, he cast aspersions on his own legacy by having the nerve to come out and say that the state has the right to strap you down and inject you with a vaccine against your will. This is amazing to me that people are not seeing things for what they are. And speaking about that, uh, do you remember a few months ago there was a quack doctor in an Orthodox Jewish community which is not casting aspersions upon the Orthodox Jewish community. But remember when the quack doc came out and said that he used the hydroxychloroquine and 100% of his patients were cured? Remember I said, people saying, look, 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 he's the one. I said, hey, wait a minute. He's only a doctor. He's not a researcher, number one. And number two, uh, let's put it to you this way. You know, I know where you can buy a nice used camera from. If you want a nice used camera that's still in its box, that's not really new, I can guarantee I can send you to the, to the camera store. He's forced out of his own religious community. The one when he said he had 100% cure rate for hydroxy, I said what it was at the time. And uh, here's the sad truth. Are you ready for this? The Times of Israel is reporting that Dr. Vladimir Zev Zilenko, an Orthodox Jewish doctor credited with bringing controversial malaria drug to Trump's attention, he's the one who did it. So he did it, and through the Orthodox Jewish community, it found its way into Trump's inner circle. And as a result, now we're living with this uh, hokum about uh, hydroxychloroquine, which is linked to an increased rate of mortality, according to every study that I have read. And I pray to God, I pray for the president's health every day. You know, it came out last week that his own White House doctor 
said that it shouldn't be used by a person with a pre-existing heart condition. And he leaked that the president has some kind of heart condition. I don't know what the heart condition is, but as someone who has a heart condition, I'm very worried, by the way, that this has gotten this far based upon the um, uh, pushing of this by a quack doctor who then convinced someone who went to the ninth grade uh, some pretty boy on Fox News who gotten very, very lucky in his life. So, but getting back to the news of the day, no coronavirus ca- catastrophes following reopenings of Georgia, Florida, and Texas. So why is Governor Newsom still locking down California? Why has he put us in handcuffs? Why is Governor Cuomo, Mr. Meatball, still locking down New York State? Why? Because they love the power. And never forget what Lord Acton said when he was studying Hitler in the 1930s. He said that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. If that does not apply to these left-wing governors who are using their newfound powers to imprison their entire states while crippling the economies of their states, I'd like to know what it does apply to. And so I want to talk for a minute about public health to begin with because this is the greatest public health catastrophe in my lifetime. And I treated this greatest public health miscalculation in U.S. history, shutting down entire economic systems. Most deaths are in nursing homes, crowded illegal immigrant communities, among street vagrants and those with pre-existing conditions. And I said those who are locking their states down and pushing it should be tried for criminal negligence. But nothing is happening. Nothing is happening no matter what we say. So how did this public health disaster happen? And since we all know now it's a miscalculation, and that the nation should have listened to Dr. Michael Savage, who in the March of 2020 was saying selective quarantines. Yes, the virus is a killer. Yes, the virus can kill. But we want selective quarantines. That means quarantine those in nursing homes. Quarantine those in crowded illegal immigrant communities. Quarantine the street bums. Quarantine those with pre-existing conditions. Don't quarantine entire states. But because I am not in the inner circle and because I am blocked by the major media, only you, my uh, loyal audience, heard me. So since we all know now it was a mistake, why then have these governors dug their heels in? Why won't they reopen the states? The answer again, my friend, is because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Again, what is my evidence? Florida, Georgia, and Texas reopened. And there were no spikes of deaths from this coronavirus. None. It was not a spike in any of these states. So how do the people themselves put up with this? You know, it leads to a bigger question, which is if we have a, an increase again next winter, as most epidemiologists are telling us we will, because, well, you don't have to be a genius to understand that usually in the winter flu deaths go up, flu cases go up, and so do other viral cases uh, that are respiratory in nature go up. So we're liable to have and probably will have an increase next winter. Are you going to follow the orders when the Nazis come and tell you to stay in place? Are you going to follow their orders again? Are you going to wear masks wherever you go? Are you going to put gloves on wherever you go? Uh, are you going to follow the orders? You know, this is like the good Germans. Many of you thought that you couldn't understand, rather, how it happened in Germany during the Hitler era when we heard they were only following orders. You've got people only following orders right now along the lines of the good Germans in the 1930s and the 1940s. And Marin County, what's interesting to me, 
which is a liberal county north of San Francisco, which is ground zero for conformity and rigidity and a nanny state, Marin County is probably the most conformist county I have ever seen on planet Earth. The people act like benign good liberals, but they're really not. Well, as I said yesterday on Twitter, we are now a Nancy state. We've gone from a nanny state to a Nancy state in one epidemic. It seems to me Nancy is running the country. And I'd like to know what you think about that, but I don't really want your calls right now. I think we should go to the bigger issue of Alan Dershowitz, who is posed as a, uh, I don't know what he's posed as, but he never fooled me. I want you to listen to him saying they can strap you. Which is the one, Robert, the short version of the strap down one? Which of the sound bites do we have to play here? of uh, the, the, the strap-down job, where they can just strap you down. Let's go to clip two and listen to this. If there were a vaccine developed for cancer or a heart condition, obviously you and I would have a right to say, no, we have a right to die. I believe you have a right to die. But I don't believe you have a right to be uh, typhoid Mary and spread it. Look, if you don't want to take the vaccine, you have an option. You can stay in quarantine. But what you don't have the right to do is circulate. Right, now in he's society. modified what he said. That's not what he said originally. No, no. What he said originally was the state has the right to strap you to a gurney and inject you. That's what he said. Now he changed it. He changed it all of a sudden, being the double forked tongue uh, Harvard lawyer that he is. This is a very dangerous time for you to be a liberal when you figure out which side you're really on here. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. This is Michael Savage. Look, in today's world, violent crime can victimize anyone at any time. When it's your time, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For my personal protection? Well, I recommend training at Front Sight, the world's premier firearms training facility located in Las Vegas, Nevada. And due to our great relationship with Front Sight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza, I've arranged for you and your family to train there, too. Free of charge. Did you hear me? It's true. Free of charge. All you got to do is enter frontsite.com slash savage into your computer browser, and you're going to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course, absolutely free of charge, no hidden surprises or catches. You better do it right now. Enter frontsite.com slash savage. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com slash savage. And after your first course at Front Sight, you'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population. It's guaranteed. Nobody does it better than Front Sight, but you must act before these free courses are all taken. Please, for your safety, for your sanity, secure your free four-day course at FrontSight.com slash savage. See you at Front Sight. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. You know, I, I, I hate to blow my own horn, but no one else will do it for me. But I've been the shot caller on this whole epidemic from the beginning. I've been wrong maybe once in all of my analysis. And um, 
when that quack doctor in Muncie, New York came out and everyone was saying, oh, look, he used hydroxy, cured all his patients. I said, no, no, it's not significant. He's probably making it up. There's no way to check on it. He's only a clinician. He's not a researcher. And then there was a study of 368 patients. And on April 22nd, here is what I had to say that I think you should listen to again. Please hear. And they analyzed 368 patients. It's a small study, but not insignificant. It's not six patients. It's not one quack doctor in Munsey Park, New York, who claims it cured everyone. It's not a shyster, uh, you know, selling you something. They looked at 368 patients from the VA. They looked at how people with COVID-19 fared after getting the standard of care, which is hydroxychloroquine alone or the combination. In the study, patients who received both hydroxy, both hydroxy alone, and the combination of hydroxy and azithromycin were more likely to have severe COVID-19 disease. It actually got worse compared to people who didn't get the drugs. It's called a controlled study. See, but many of you don't want to hear about controlled studies. You, you say the president's taking it, so I'm wrong. Well, that's called worship. It's called belief, but it's not called science. And let's leave it at that, because I can't argue with people who don't understand the scientific method. Now we have the original Dershowitz tape, which is very important to listen to, because he's now trying to cover his tracks. Let's listen to what the great Alan Dershowitz had to said, say about the vaccines uh, originally. Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to constitutional endanger right. Constitutional the public right. and spread a disease, even if you disagree. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If that's the vaccination what, that's what he said. is designed to prevent the spreading okay. disease. So Alan Dershowitz, some are calling him Dr. Mengele Dershowitz. I think that's a little too far. But the doctor has the right to strap you to a gurney and plunge a needle into your arm? Well, I see what people are saying on the Internet. They say, let them try to do it. I'll plunge a 38 into them. They come to my house to plunge a needle in my arm. I'll, pl I'll plunge a 40 cal into their arm. This is the craziest thing I have ever thought I would hear in my life from a man who was calling himself for all these years a so-called civil libertarian. Is this where liberalism has gone? Is this what you liberals accept as liberalism? All you mask wearers from San Francisco? Well, when I come back, let's talk about another world. The world of parallel dimensions. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy. And I'm telling you, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you could then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. 
RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Savage Nation. So we're talking about parallel universes. It came up the other day, and the original author of the article, Peter Gorham, in the New York Times article, said it was unfortunate tabloid journalism. But, you know, there is research in the world of physics on the issue of parallel dimensions, incidentally, and it's not implausible. And especially for those of you who have been reading science fiction for many years, it is possible, I think. I'm not a theoretical physicist, but we have one of the world's best joining us right now on the program. You, I mean, he's a household name. You've seen him. You've heard him. Uh, Michio Kaku, theoretical physicist at uh, City College in New York, my alma mater in my undergraduate years, best-selling author, co-founder of String Field Theory, and such. And uh, his books include many, many bestsellers that you may have read. And he joins us now on the Savage Nation to talk about parallel dimensions. Dr. Kaku, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, glad to be on the show and in three dimensions. <laughs> well, look, you're the real McCoy, and we're not physicists. Some of us can read science, but theoretical physics is another world. Is there any possibility there could be a parallel universe or universes, Dr.? Well, believe it or not, this is what I do professionally. And if you watch the, uh, the Big Bang Theory, you know that Sheldon works on string theory. And I'm one of the early pioneers in string theory. I'm the founder of string field theory, one of the main branches of string theory. And string theory says that we live in maybe 10, maybe 11-dimensional hyperspace. And that parallel universes, we're talking about a multiverse of parallel universes, not just one or two, but a landscape of parallel universes. So we could be having this very same conversation 
in another parallel universe, except there are three of us or four of us online instead of just two. Oh, God. Isn't it enough that it's just the two of us? So what, is, what does that do for our consciousness, Dr. Kaku? What does it do for our consciousness? Are we now to believe that we're, that we're living somewhere else at the same time? Well, you know, our senses tell us that we can go forward, backward, left, right, up, down, and three dimensions is all there is. Maybe a fourth if you include time. But we think that at the beginning of the universe, when the universe was created, the universe existed in perhaps 11-dimensional hyperspace, and that our universe is a bubble. A bubble is expanding. We live on the skin of the bubble, and that's called the Big Bang but the new theory says that there are other bubbles out there creating a bubble bath, a bubble bath of universes called the, the multiverse. And yes, it means that universes could be formed even as we speak. Even as we speak somewhere in the cosmos, a big bang has taken place and a baby universe has just gotten off the ground. In fact, Stephen Hawking, my, my colleague, when he was alive, he talked about uh, baby universes, baby universes being born somewhere in the cosmos, uh, so far away that we can't measure it directly. But that, that's what the theory says. The theory says there should be other universes out there. And at the electron level, at the subatomic level, electrons can be two places at the same time. In fact, this is the famous Schrodinger cat problem, that if you put a cat in a box and you're not allowed to open the box, the cat could be dead and alive simultaneously. And it's not until you open the box that you really know the cat is dead or alive. Which means that, believe it or not, that people who have died in our universe could be alive in another parallel universe. Now, that doesn't mean we can talk to them. That doesn't mean you're going to talk to Elvis Presley. That doesn't mean you can move between universes. Of course, that's extremely hard. But it does mean that, yes, physics entertains the possibility that there could be a, a multiverse, a landscape. So wait, so, so wait, Dr. Kaku, so let's tie religion in for a minute. Everyone thinks about their own mortality, some on a more regular basis than others. I've been obsessed with this since I'm five years old. Uh, some religions tell us there's an afterlife. Would your theory tend to support the concept that there could be a so-called afterlife? Well, it supports the idea that in our universe, the universe that you can see and touch, that when you die, unfortunately, your atoms will decay and you will then drift into dust. As the Bible says, from dust to dust, ashes to ashes. But as you move, your, your body splits into parallel universes. These are called quantum universes. And we measure this with electrons all the time. That's why we have lasers. That's why we have the Internet. That's why we have this phone conversation. The entire electronic structure of the Internet is based on parallel universes. So it means that your carbon copies of your body could be peeling off and creating other copies of you. And in those universes, perhaps you do survive. Perhaps you do live on much longer than you do in our universe. But as far as our universe is concerned, the universe that you see when you look in a mirror, when you die, perhaps your, your atoms will disintegrate and you will turn to dust. Sorry about that. No, no. I, I, look, I have a friend who's a very, well, let's say well-educated medical doctor, a Ph.D. in the neuropsychiatrist. And he says, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in an afterlife. He said, when the, when the electricity stops in your brain, you're dead. 
Would you argue that that's not necessarily true? Well, I would argue that in our universe, the universe that you can see in touch, that you see in a mirror, that when you die, chances are your, your atoms will disintegrate and you'll turn to dust, okay? But like I said, you exist in multiple states. When you look in a mirror, you're taking an average, an average over thousands of different universes. And in some of the universes, you decided to go to school, you decide to marry this person, you decide to change careers. And in these other parallel universes, you could survive, perhaps, even if you are dying in this universe. So it means that people you know and love that have died in our universe are not necessarily dead in other universes. Now, the trick is, and there's always a catch, the trick is to go between universes requires a technology far beyond anything that we can muster with our puny Internet and our puny atomic bombs. But wait, but, but, but Dr. Kaku, this is fascinating to me. So it means that our, quote, schizophrenics, some of whom are seriously uh, ill, hospitalized, medicated. Do you think it's possible that some of these, quote, schizophrenics are actually existing or seeing these other dimensions? Well, like I said, we, we no longer vibrate in unison with Elvis Presley. So there is a universe <laughs> Presley is still alive. That universe has decohered from our universe. We no longer vibrate. Think of a radio. A radio tunes into one frequency, but it has the probability of tuning into any frequency you want. The difference is that you are now tuned to one frequency, but not the other frequencies. So in other words, at the beginning of time, all these universes could have been one, but we have since peeled off. The timeline, the timeline has split which means that it's very difficult to go between timelines. That, of course, would require technology far beyond anything that we can muster. But the equations of quantum theory says that electrons do this all the time. That's why we have the Internet. That's why we have lasers. But we consist of trillions of electrons, and we average over trillions of electrons, and that's why we are no longer vibrating in unison with Elvis Presley. But Dr. Dr. Kaku, you're a theoretical physicist, you're a world-famous author, you're the co-founder of String Field Theory, a branch of uh, String Theory. Um, When you were a boy, if you don't mind, when you were a boy, you must have been a very deep thinker, you must have thought about the meaning of life and death. Is that how you wound up in theoretical physics, or what drove you into that field? Well, you know, my, uh, I was brought up in the press as a Presbyterian, but my parents were Buddhists. And in Buddhism, there is no Big Bang, there's no God, there's no beginning or end. In the Presbyterian Church, there is a beginning. So there's two diametrically opposed points of view. But with the multiverse idea, we can now combine these two points of view into one. You see, our universe had a Big Bang. Our universe did have a beginning, but our bubble universe coexists with other universes in a bubble bath of universes, and they're floating in nirvana, that is, 11-dimensional hyperspace. And so, in other words, our universe had a big bang, had a beginning, but there are other universes that are being formed all the time, and they exist in nirvana. Nirvana is hyperspace. Nirvana is the larger arena in which these bubbles can float. And when these bubbles bump into other bubbles or peel off a baby bubble, that's called the Big Bang. That explains the origin of the universe. Our universe was created, perhaps, 
when two bubbles collided to create a bigger bubble, which is our universe. We're speaking with uh, Dr. Michio Kaku, uh, and it got triggered by the tabloid story the other day on parallel dimensions that are possible in, uh, in reversing time. On a pragmatic level, a practical level, Dr. Kaku, I read this morning that satellites and spacecraft malfunction as Earth's magnetic field mysteriously weakens. What do you think is causing the weakening of the uh, Earth's, of Earth's magnetic field? Uh, first of all, the story is absolutely true. Uh, the magnetic field of the Earth does wander. It wanders several miles every day, in fact. And uh, it also is decreasing in intensity. We can actually compare it using the uh, uh, measurement of magnetism centuries ago by the ancient mariners. Hmm. We know that it's weakening and it's wandering. And um, there could be a flip at a certain point. Now, this is not the geologic pole of the Earth. If that were to flip, we'd be flinging to outer space and mm. doomsday. We're talking about the magnetic poles shifting. And we know that when you go to Hawaii and you dig into the lava flows, a lava, when it solidifies, seals in the direction of the North Pole. Thereby simply digging into the lava of Hawaii, you can actually see layer by layer the flipping, the flipping of the direction of the North Pole. So it could be potentially dangerous in the sense that without a magnetic field, we're going to be hit with cosmic rays, solar flares from the sun. But it probably won't happen for a few more centuries. Oh, thank God. It's something that uh, we are looking at very seriously. The magnetic field of the Earth is shifting, it's moving, and it's getting weaker. And at some point, it will go to zero, in which case cosmic rays will come down to the Earth. And, um, you know, mm. some of us may have to, you know, go underground. I may have to move to another dimension where it's safer. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Kaku, um, religion. Is religion completely fraudulent in your mind? Is there? No, let's put it another way. Is it possible, given your, your thinking, your research, your ability to see into dimensions we can't see, those of us who are not theoretical physicists, because you, you folks do live in another world. In your world, could a God exist? Well, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, several hundred years ago, had five proofs of the existence of God, uh, two of which are seriously being looked at even today. The teleological proof of the existence of God is that you have to have a first designer. Every time you see something, you assume that it's designed, but who designed the designer? The ultimate designer is God, said St. Thomas Aquinas. Today we think that perhaps evolution can give us the diversity of life. However, the cosmological proof of the existence of God still stands today after hundreds of years of challenges. And that's the cosmological proof, that everything had to have something to set it into motion. But what caused that to move? Something mm. had to kick that into motion. So there had to be a first mover. Well, today we think that the first mover was the Big Bang, but then the question is, where did the Big Bang come from? <laughs> All right. I remember being five years old and talking about this with my cousin <laughs> up until late at night, and we never could figure that, uh, that one out. If you've, got a, if you've got another quick second, um, you are continuing Einstein's search to unite the four fundamental forces of nature into one unified theory. If I remember my reading The Populist Einstein, he said that um, the more he studied the outer limits of our universe, uh, the more he realized there had to be a god or a, a starter of it all. Is that true? 
Well, he believed that there were two kinds of God. One is the God that you pray to, the personal God, the, the God that smites the Philistines. He believed in the God of Spinoza, that is the God of beauty, harmony. The universe is gorgeous. It didn't have to be that way. The universe could have been ugly, random, chaotic. This is, this is a, it's, you know, we could do this for another half an hour, unfortunately, given the dimension that I live in. I have to take a quick break for some commercial <laughs> messages or else I won't even be in this dimension. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So on Wednesday, I did a show. If you could turn the clock back, what was the best time in America? We were flooded with calls for two straight hours. And it led me to today's interview with Dr. Michio Kaku on Parallel Dimensions. Are they possible? Now, why am I suddenly dwelling on turning the clock back, Parallel Dimensions? Why? Why? N'importe où dehors du monde, anywhere out of this world. This world is a horrible place right now. Listen, I know it's been worse before. I know it's going to get worse in the future. But have you ever lived in an America that was worse than it is today? When all evidence says open the states up and these fascist governors are sticking to their false guns, saying you have no right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Do you understand that we have descended into darkness? The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Where by America go? How did this happen? How did we give up our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness so quickly to a group of thin-minded, power-mad mandarins? I mean, states have reopened. No catastrophes in Georgia, Florida, Texas. Yet these left-wing governors are still locking us down and the people are compliant. So I don't want to talk about it. How's that? Did you hear my interview with Michio Kaku in the last hour? I, I put that up on Twitter and uh, someone said enthralling, inspirational, just tweeted about it. Another person said very intellectually stimulating. Another said, uh, I can't find it. Well, it's going to be on my podcast after this show. Yes. Another one uh, talked about the virus. Another one said, uh, a reason falls on deaf ears on Twitter. Dr. Savage, you're not kidding. And uh, what a great interview, says Nick Blanton. He says, did you know that as a teenager, Mr. Kaku built an atomic splitting device in his parents' backyard shed that caused a blackout in his neighborhood when he switched it on? <laughs> Such an interesting individual. That's interesting. Is that true? I didn't know that's a true story. They copied it on the show Billionaire. That's, that's where they got it from. Another one said, uh, yes, and it made zero sense. There is such a thing as too much learning and not coming to the truth. Sorry, Sam, uh, that you couldn't follow it. Another one said, is it uploaded yet? Anyway, and look, let's make this open mic to mic. I don't really want to talk about uh, Biden. You know, Biden is senile 
and it's sad to think that our country has descended to this level, that a man who is overtly, obviously, clearly, clinically senile is running for the presidency of the United States and that the Democrats can't find or won't find anyone else. What does it tell you about a party that is so rigid that they won't find anyone else? Look, I'm not hoping they do. I'm hoping Trump wins. But I'm asking you, what does it tell you about a party that cannot or will not find anyone who is uh, sane and not falling apart? You know and I know that whoever Biden picks for his vice presidential running mate is going to be the president within six months to a year. Biden is only in there for the show, the show and tell. And whoever she is is going to be the president. So be very careful who you are. who you uh, uh, vote for in the next election. But I don't even want to talk about that. I want to make it open mic to mic. Again, if you are listening to this program on the stream where the show is pretty big, you can still call 855-407-282. And I want to make it open mic to mic uh, today because next week is a holiday weekend. Monday, as you know, is the long weekend. I'm looking forward to it myself. We have a wonderful best of of the best segments of the last uh, few shows. Uh, And then I normally have been working owing to my recovery from a very serious issue in December about three days a week. I may have to take next week off, by the way. I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm a human being. And in my parallel universe, I want to live here for a while. I want to be here for quite a while. So I may or may not be here the other days. I'm just telling you like it is. Uh, Again, the phone number is 855-407-282. Here are some other stories that we have not yet got to. I don't want to do about vaccination. I don't want to talk about a Nancy state. I don't want to talk about the greatest miscalculation in U.S. history, shutting down entire economic systems. Uh, How about this question? Should the $600 a week COVID bonus be eliminated to get workers to take jobs? That's a very, very controversial proposal that the Republicans are testing. And they're afraid that you'll not vote for them if they take away your $600 uh, um, mother's milk. And you wouldn't. Would you want to go back to work if you're getting more money now for not working? No. So when the economy reopens, the people can't get jobs. The business owners that I know are having trouble finding anyone to work because people are collecting unemployment plus 600 a week. They don't want to go back to work. So they're saying this is not good. Maybe we should eliminate the 600 a week, which I'm calling a COVID bonus. All right. Or what is the best time in America um, in your in your mind, what was the best time in, in the past? Remember, I did that one the other day. That was a very big show. And uh, everyone loved calling on that one where I said, if you could turn the clock back, what was the best time in America? That was a super positive show. And the phone number is 855-407-282. That is the phone number. I want to go to some of the other stories that we are working on as well on the program. And the best way to introduce you to them as you're wiling and dialing is uh, play some of our sound bites. So, again, I think we have to play clip number six where Biden says he's going to be Joe Biden. Can anyone listening to this show tell me that he is not senile? Listen again. I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to be Joe Biden. 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 I don't know if he's saying I'm going to be Joe Biden or beat Joe Biden, but in either case, He said, if you're trying to figure out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That should immediately disqualify him. How can any African-American not be offended by that? That'd be like him saying, plug in any other ethnic group that you want. Let's listen again. 
to Joe Biden saying, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're forming a Trump, you ain't black. Listen to clip five. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. Can you imagine the shows they go on? I, I never heard of these shows that these clowns are going on. And speaking of shows, you know that Donald Trump has not been on this program once. And I say, oh, well, he hasn't been on your show. Why should he be on your show? Well, I had a little something to do with him getting elected in 2016, if you recall. Even the left-wing magazine Slate said I'm the father of Trumpomania. And I don't have to compare myself to others. But I was one of the few who was backing him for many years. Uh, I don't understand what his handlers are doing. I think he's being undermined. I think they're sabotaging him. I would start with Splay herself. She's been around a very long time. And her husband constantly attacks the president. She may, makes believe she's defending him. I don't know. It looks like a double team job to me. Somebody inside that inner circle is keeping President Trump away from you, his core audience. And hey, my door is always open. The phone line is always open. And what's, what's really odd, I want you to think about this, is that the president himself called me directly on my iPhone when my numbers came out in February, I think, uh, on my streaming numbers, which were number one in the country. They beat Rush. And uh, I got a call from the president. He congratulated me on the, my, my numbers. And um, I disclosed to him I had been sick in December and he didn't know it. And I said, eh, don't worry about it. I was back on the air three days later and I was and I'm slowly, you know, trying to maintain my energy and stuff like that. I'm doing pretty good. Um, then he called me again about two months ago and it was a loud, amazing call when he gave me the great honor of being a director of the Presidio Trust, which is one of the most important jobs of my life. I don't think you people understand how important this is. It sounds like just a job, you know, that retired people take and they don't do anything. I, I should talk about it in generic terms. If you live in New York, you know what the Central Park Trust is, the, the people who devote themselves to making sure the park retains its beauty and its original purpose that it's not divided up by greedy developers, for example, or used in ways it was not meant to. It was supposed to be used by all New Yorkers. Well, the Presidio Trust oversees the largest tract of federal land in, uh, in this area, in the whole West Coast that I know of, that people enjoy on a daily basis. And it's privately funded, meaning it has to sustain itself through restaurants and hotels and apartments and things like that. So there's only a, you know, a few number of people that are put on this trust, and it's quite, for quite a few years. And our job is an important one. Our job is to make sure that this great legacy that goes, dates back to the Civil War is here for future generations to, uh, to use. So the president did me a great honor. I don't get any money for it. I didn't ask for any, nor is it offered. And it's a lot of work, but it's a very important job, and it's a very, very big honor here in liberal San Francisco to... Uh, have my perspective and be on this Presidio Trust. So the president put me on that trust. But getting back to my main point, why is he not on this show talking to you? Can anyone explain that to me? I don't. I think he's being sabotaged and undermined. And I think that unless his team comes to understand how important you, the Savage Nation, are to him, well, you can fill in the blank. Brad in New York, line seven. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Dr. Savage, how are you? Who knows? You're, I'm friend from Massapequa, New York, Long Island. Fran, Francis is my first name. Yes, Francis. 
you're an absolute idol of mine. I can't believe I'm talking to you. I, I, I talk verbatim to my dad, everything you say, and uh, we're just big fans. I had a double, I had a massive heart attack in August and double cardiac arrest. And um, you're just an inspiration to me. I had less than a 10% chance to make it. And it's just. Yeah, let me tell you something, my friend. There's no such thing as a minor heart attack. No, major. No, I'm saying you had a real major one. You had a real blowout. You were close, but I love people say it's a minor heart attack. You know, no. the doctors say there's no such thing as a minor heart attack. Yeah, uh, people say, you oh, know, I had a minor I lo- they, they love to tell you what you're supposed to experience, minor heart attack. Let them be in there with the needle going into your wrist, uh, going all the way. We live in a modern age that's phenomenal. The technology is awesome that you could have a, uh, what you call a, uh, whatever they call them. I can't think right now. I'm trying to block it out of my mind. Can you imagine having a piece of metal inserted all the way through your vein uh, or your artery all the way into your heart and put into an artery to collapse? Can you imagine that? It's absolutely a miracle, doctor. A stent. It's a miracle. When my father got a heart attack in the 50s, you know what the treatment was? An oxygen tent, and they sent him home to die, basically. Yes. Can I just say one thing to you? I smoked pot for 40 years, and I am totally nine months clean and free and uh, I believe everything you say about it. I wish I never did because I used my bicycle 20, 23 miles every three days playing basketball with the boys. No, look, pot is a terrible, terrible, very dangerous drug and although America's in love with marijuana right now, I predict that within time there's going to be a total reversal on this subject when people come to understand how it has crippled them. Thank you for, thank you for understanding what I am struggling with on this show. Uh, ever since uh, that happened in December. And all I can say to you is uh, I'm still here. I mean, another guy would have just said, I'm retiring. I'm not going to work anymore. What for? Tell me what for. I still can do my show. I do a great show. I put everything into it. And that's the end of it. And I I intend to be with you right through the election, if not beyond. That's up to God, not up to me. And again, if you want to call the show, it's 855-400-7282-855-400-SAVAGE. Staten Island, Jimmy, line one. Go ahead, please, Jimmy. You're on the Savage Nation. Jimmy. Come on, you're Italian. Speak to me in Italiano. Hey, Cugino, come on, Veramente, you sound great. Listen, Doc, I've had it with, I, I even forgot there's an election, you know, but I was listening to your interview, and I was, I was out of my mind. It was absolutely phenomenal. I pulled on the side of the road, shut my vehicle off, and I listened, and for some mamaluk on your show that said, uh, after all, too much learning is no good, we never stop learning. From the, with the minute Jimmy, I got to tell you something. I didn't know what it would go like. I, didn't, I don't rehearse these things. And I've seen Dr. Kaku on shows from here and there, but I, you know, they just booked him for me, and I said, let's go for it. I thought him and I, we made magic today. We made music. I really do, Jimmy. I think that the two minds that met, they didn't clash. They didn't fight. There was no ego battle. I think we went to new places together. No, you made like a symphony. It was beautiful the way he spoke, the way you spoke. I mean, let's face it. You're not just a radio talk show host. You are a man with a litany of, of knowledge of what you went through to get to where you are. I follow you since the 90s. I told you three generations. And I praise you. When I talk to people about you, oh, he talks too much. He this, he that. I said, why? He talks too much because you don't listen. You just want to be one way. And I even have family that no longer talk to me because of the Democrat, Republican, the president. I love the president, but I don't know what's going on. I almost forgot there's an election, Dr. Savage. You mean listening to the interview, right? 
Yes. Well, that uh, Jimmy, th- Jimmy, that was my point of, of trying to go to this dimension. I also want to forget there's an election. I cannot become uh, a one-string banjo in order to maintain talk radio. Jimmy, thank you so much for listening so carefully. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So here I am talking about parallel universes with one of the world's most prominent populist theoretical physicists, Michio Kaku, and I'll have it on my podcast later on for you to enjoy over the weekend. But I'm thinking about it. I brought up God, okay? So I bring up... I think that what he was saying, if I could follow his ideas, actually confirms that there is a God. Certainly, I'm not asking him whether there is a God or not, but even if you are a, um, let's say, a skeptic, what he was saying, that there are other universes, proves that there certainly is a high probability there is a God that kicked it all off, right? So you go back to the Old Testament, not the New Testament of the Christians, but the Old Testament, the real McCoy, the real harsh one upon which... The religious Jewish people, they live they live and die by it. And the Muslims follow it in the, in, in the version that they wrote, the Quran. And it says, And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She was taken out of man. Is that true that women have an extra rib? Not, it took, no, it's not true. There's no, it's like Adam's rib. Come on. It says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Mm-hmm. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis two twenty three twenty five. There is such rich poetry in the Old Testament, even in translation, that it has piqued the interest and the wonderment of mankind for thousands of years. I wonder what the old guys meant, those old olive growers from the ancient lands of Palestine. What do they mean uh, she was taken out of man? What do you mean she was taken out of man? Because she was taken out of man. The, the rib with the rib thing. What was that about? Like in the future, they were going to go to a Chinese restaurant and you had to give her the last rib on the table of the spare ribs or what? Where did this Adam's rib come from? I don't know. There are so many question marks that you have to believe in something. As my mother said, you have to believe in something. Do you know anyone who believes in nothing? Well, if they do, then they're believing in something, because that something is nothing. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome to this uh, parallel universe. I'm glad I'm in this one, not that one. You know, you look back, that was great times. Were they really great times? Life was difficult then, too. Trying to have a good time is one of the toughest things on Earth. Incidentally, all the excitement, yeah, tied in with all of the anxiety to, to get connected to it. But anyway, look, I want to talk about something. So we're all locked down, locked out. you got the psycho governors. Uh, they won't reopen, even though the states that uh, reopened, the evidence is in that there's no coronavirus spikes following the reopening of uh, Georgia, Florida, and Texas. So why then does Newsom continue to keep us in handcuffs? Why does Como keep us in handcuffs? The answer is simple. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Or they're being advised by the stupidest people on the planet who are public health officials. You have to understand something. Most bureaucrats are not the smartest people on earth. There are exceptions, but generally anyone who goes into that kind of work uh, is not that smart. And uh, now take it down a few rungs into the world of public health. Most people who went into public health are failed doctors. They wanted to go to medical school and couldn't get in, or they dropped out of medical school and got an MPH and wound up working in these health departments, and now they're controlling our lives. 
this is a disaster. But there is one benefit of being locked down and locked out is uh, weight loss. I've lost about 18 pounds. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Well, if I'm on a different diet, yes, because well, I had got sick in December and all that. I'm watching everything. I eat a little more carefully. I always did. But I realize most of us are losing weight because we're not eating in restaurants. We're not eating the dreck that your grandmother warned you about. Why? Full of salt, full of sugar, full of the butter. And even if you say no salt, no sugar, no butter, they're putting it in anyway in the preparation. It's a very interesting phenomenon. Jim said he lost weight, too. I'm not giving anything away. But, uh, I, I mean, I never look better. Who knows? I, I, I pigged out yesterday. I've lost 18 pounds, but uh, I must admit, yesterday I pigged out. I don't know what was going on. I went to McDonald's for the first time. I got on this long line. I wanted to see how other people live. It was delicious. I got two uh, fish <laughs> fish sandwiches, two fish sandwiches with no sauce and uh, fries, no salt. Uh, truthfully, I enjoyed every bite of it, but then I laid awake at night begging God not to kill me. I was afraid I was going to have another heart attack from it. But okay, I'm not going to do it again. But it's the first time I picked out since I got sick and since COVID. I don't go near those fast food joints. I'm cooking myself. I eat one more fish. I'm going to grow gills. How much fish can I eat? I, I mean, I never saw such good fish in my life because all the good fish we're getting in the market now out here where I live used to go to the restaurants. And the restaurants are closed. So the poor fishermen are stuck. They sell them to the supermarkets. I don't know what they're throwing the fish in the garbage. But I cook it. It's very easy to cook fish. I learned from my friends in the business. Easiest thing on earth. You don't have to be a chef to do it right. You do three minutes on this side, two minutes on that side, and you got fish, you know, fried. That's all. It's that simple. And you don't have to do it with anything but the little olive oil. Oh, but I happen to grow my own oregano. I have, not, I'm sorry, I have my own. Uh, I don't use oregano on fish. It will destroy it. Um, Italian parsley I'll use on it once in a while, or I have parsley in my garden. I like celery with fish. It's a very interesting thing to cook fish with celery because it changes a little bit of the uh, flavor of the fish away from that harshness, if you know what I'm saying. So what parallel universe are we living in? Let's take some calls on that subject because time is short and uh, we got to take some great calls. Chris in Colorado, line five. Go ahead, please. You're on the Savage Nation. Dr. Savage, you guys made a Marconi moment at that that interview oh my god i was cleaning my garage and then i had to stop cleaning the garage and go look for pieces of my mind you guys blew it to think that there are 10 more of us somewhere else <laughs> god forbid no no i mean look if you take it literally you can go crazy right oh my god my mind my mind went I, I think I passed the universe. And was you know, Chris, I got to say this. If I could get the best minds of my generation on my show, I would do nothing but interviews for the rest of my radio career. Oh. I'd, ra I'd rather not say the word Trump or Biden from now until the rest of my life, if I could avoid it. You know what? Th that wasn't even in the subject matter of my thoughts. Holy cow, that guest. Oh, my God. You know, well, I never expected it. But if I again, I'm going to look for the best minds in my generation and just have these conversations. Th that was perfect. I swear to God. Well, no, but wait, let's put the pieces of your mind back together. So he says there are 10, 10 other uh, uh, parallel universes where pieces of you live. What does that really mean? I, I think I think that from a religious aspect, that's heaven. I mean, that's how you get to see your your relatives that have passed. right that's what came to me as he was saying that i'm saying so it confirms that my relatives are waiting for me uh, i'm thinking that uh your mother's over a stove cooking for you 
my father is telling me you ain't ready for me, kid, because every bet I made against him, I lost. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. Hold but the question is, where do we rejoin our parents and if in this fantasy world of this these other universes? Do we rejoin them at birth? Are we reborn again and again and again? We have to, like the Buddhists say, the wheel. We have to relive this whole life over and over again like a loop from birth till death all over again, the same exact sequence? I tend to think that there are multiple stages and that when we do stop vibrating here as Elvis did. Uh, yeah, that was great. I like the way he said that. Yeah. Um, when we do, I think that we are able to look into these 10 uh, universes that that are out there or 10 different scenarios. And but, you know, I asked him a very telling question. I said to him, some of our mentally, quote, sick people, are severely mentally ill, see these dimensions and they're told they're insane and they're put on major antipsychotic medications to subdue this multiple imagery and reduce it to a single a single a single image could it be that they are they are our seers the mentally ill in some cases i thought that was a very very poignant point that you made there uh, but i've always believed it you know i know i know that some of the most brilliant people i've ever met in the world were called crazy well you know? Anyway, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I mean, if we can take radio to those levels and get us away from the, you know, the boring world that we're living in right now, which is very, very limiting. Let's put it to you that way. I mean, that's radio. And it's the kind of radio I want to do. Let's put it that way. Thank you for the call. That's very nice to get a call like that who actually hears what you're doing. And again, I'm not going to dwell on it for the rest of my life and say it was the best time in my life. What was the best time in your life? John in San Francisco. John in San Francisco, line three. You're on the Savage Nation. I got. John. I think you're the most uh, creative political thinker in the media today. That is quite a compliment coming from a gentleman in San Francisco. <laughs> anyway, anyway, best years, fifty-eight to sixty-three. What? What? What would? You, why would you say that era was great? It was innocence. And 80% of America's households never locked their front door. Did you, did you live in San Fran at that time, John? No, no, I lived in Denver, Colorado. So when did you come out to Sin City? Uh, 2000. And you came out for work or for pleasure? Came out with my son. He was going to play football at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. What happened? He decided not to do it and went to Davis instead. And what, what did he study? Economics. Well, I hope it worked out for him. So you're living in San Francisco now all these years, or you're back in where you came from? He's, he's, in, he's in Sacramento with uh, two wonderful children. Well, you're a blessed man, and I certainly appreciate the kind words that you have uh, said. But the best years, he says, are 58 to 63. Look, you know, one of the things I do for a hobby, you say, well, what, what are your hobbies? It's a very interesting question. No one talks about hobbies anymore. Uh, I have a hobby. One, I have many hobbies, actually. Not many, few. When I was a kid, you know what my hobby was? Model, building model airplanes. I was obsessed with it. I would spend hours and hours and hours. And I mean before plastic. I actually built balsa wood airplanes uh, where you glued the little pieces of wood together. Then you put paper on them. And they were so beautiful. They were so light. They could, you know, you could fly some of them. 
So I love models and modeling airplanes, and I don't know, do kids build this anymore? Can children in the age of the iPhone do a thing like that, or they just don't even have the dexterity to do it? I don't know. Uh, a hobby that I have now, they're easy hobbies. I have two old cars. You know, I've talked about them. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story. I have a 1960 Jag XK150 drophead coupe. It's a stunningly beautiful car. And I bought it about, I don't know, five years ago. And it probably had been restored 10 years before I got it. So I got the, the Jaguar Heritage Certificate on it, which tells you when it was originally sold, what it looked like. Turns out the same, that car was the same exact exterior and interior colors. Shiny black exterior. There's not a ripple in the sheet metal. Mechanics have said they've never seen a cleaner car. All right, fine. So I'm driving it the other day with the top down. I rarely drive it at all. Then I rarely drive it with the top down to begin with. But it was very warm last week, and so I took it with the top down. It's a very tough car to drive, no power or anything, and it feels like you're driving a truck. The technology on it was quite old. So listen to this. I'm coming back to my garage, and the car starts pulling hard to the left. I mean, you hit the brake, and I'm talking yank you to the left. So, okay, I know enough about cars to know I have some problem with the brake there. I get it home. So I get my mechanic over yesterday. Great guy. There's one of the few mechanics left in the world a, who knows how to fix these cars. He started with Rolls Royces in New York 45 years ago. Gary, I should mention his last name, but he may not want it. Gary's incredible. So Gary comes. To, I want to show you how, how knowledge, you have to have knowledge for everything. My father used to say that. It, everything takes knowledge. The electrician who can fix a light switch or put in a, a lamp in the ceiling. I can't do it. The carpenter who can cut wood correctly and connect the pieces of wood. The plumber who can make your, your pipe stick together. These are phenomenal skills. She comes to my house. So I say it's pulling to the left. I wouldn't know how to diagnose what it was. So the first thing he does, he jacks it up in the garage. We have no jack, just bump, you know, hand jack. Goes under it. And he says, all right, you got fine. There's no leakage here. The first thing you'd look at, see if the, if the line broke, right? Well, I knew it didn't break because there was no brake fluid on the floor. But listen to this. It's interesting. So he jacks it up, then he spins the wheel, and he says, press the brake. I press the brake. He said, brake's fine. It's locking, you know, holding the wheel. Okay, then he jacks up the right side, and he says, uh, Michael, he says, when I tell you to hit the brake. So I hit the brake, and the, the wheel is in free, free, free spin. He said, your brake's not working. The problem is here. Now, listen to this. It's very interesting. You talk about parallel universes, and this is almost spooky. I said, okay, wow, that's interesting. So what happened? I said, the brake didn't, the, the line going into the brake didn't uh, split, did it? He said, no. He said, but when these brake hoses get old, he said, they start to deteriorate from the inside out and they clog up. I said, oh my God, it sounds like a human artery. He said, that's interesting. So I get on the phone and I call Mrs. S and I said, this is awesome. I said, what is this, like a warning from God, be careful another artery is about to clog up on you? Or what is this, why the right front artery? I mean, when I had a right, you know, thing here, it wasn't a left widowmaker. There's something going on. I mean, is this another dimension talking to me? Do our cars and machines communicate with us? Well, I've thought so for years. Why do we call our cars she? She handled very well today. Or if you fly a plane or drive a boat, she really handled well today. Because we have a relationship with our machinery, don't we? I always think that there's something more to our relationships with machines than purely mechanical. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, 
and you ain't black. Now, he was on a show I never heard of. It's interesting to me that these politicians go on unknown radio show. Never heard of this guy. Honest to God. A YouTube radio show he goes on. Trump goes on YouTube radio shows. Here is the core base of Trump's support, the Savage Nation, and his handlers steer him away from the show, even though he personally calls me and likes me. I don't understand how you can't see that he's being sabotaged by his inner circle, because he is being. But anyway, Biden apologized in the last couple of hours after telling some unknown radio schmuck uh, that he ain't black if he had additional questions about whether to support Biden's presidential bid over Trump. So now he's apologizing. I should not have been so cavalier. I've never, never, ever taken the African-American community for granted. Biden said in a call on Friday afternoon with the Black Chamber of Commerce, I shouldn't have been such a wise guy. Look, Biden is senile. He is slipping. How can anyone not see this? And what worries me is that the Democrats are so rigid as a party that they would put forward a senile candidate like this, not understanding that the American people are not as dumb, unless I am mistaken. Maybe you can fool all of the Democrats all of the time. Maybe when Lincoln said you can fool some of the people some of the time, and you can fool some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time, he wasn't thinking about the Democrats in the year 2020, who you can apparently fool all of the people who vote Democrat all of the time. Here is a party that represents illegal immigrants, uh, aggrieved minorities, distorted women, distorted men. I've never seen anything like this. Or government workers who think that they're going to do better. They certainly don't represent the average American. Now, there are average Americans who are not Republicans, who are not going to vote for Trump, but they're not supporting Biden. I'll tell you right now. There's no way they're going to support this man. It's impossible to believe. So that's what's going on in the world, um, to have a man like this running for office. What I worry about is that Nancy Pelosi could wind up president by default. And that is why I said we're now living in a Nancy state, not a nanny state. A Nancy state, not a nanny state. That's frightening. That is really frightening. Well, anyway, my friends, it is uh, the, the weekend we've all been waiting for. Many of you enjoying the freedoms that we are entitled to as Americans. And uh, new stories have come out which should move the uh, recalcitrant power-mad governors to understand that they're out of step with reality. No coronavirus catastrophes following reopenings of Georgia, Florida, and Texas. Is Governor Newsom this tone-deaf that he doesn't understand that he has alienated even Democrats in the state of California? Are there any Democrats in this state listening to me right now have come to understand what this Democrat machine that you have put in place has done to this country and to this state, rather, that this state can never recover from this? What's your solution? Tax the rich? There will be no rich left if you have it your way. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 